Welcome to season two of the podcast, episode one. We're going to talk today about energy balance. We're going to talk about calories in versus calories out and how this is key to understanding, in a broad sense, weight loss and weight gain. Understanding energy balance enables us to understand what metabolism actually means and also how incredible our body is at adapting to strive for homeostasis. This will help us figure out why most diets fail and will hopefully give you the tools to set yourself up for effective and sustainable fat loss. So before we dive into this interesting topic, we'll just have a little catch up with each other, see where, where we oh. left off since season one. Andy, how's, how's quarantine life going? Yeah. It's the new normal. Good, you know. Picking up new equipment for the home gym, got a new tea bar room that was made by Iron Maid Fitness in Kenya, which is good. Um, used it the other day for the first time. Um, just waiting to get more plates. We're about 170 kg of plates now, so we're good. Um, I had a diet break and now I'm back to cutting again. Um, sort of well, last. That, that's that's pretty apt. That's good timing. Your diet breaks. We will be but talking no. about those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the diet break last week, where we took up calories back up to maintenance. Yeah. So thereabouts. What was Just your food. your new maintenance? Uh, yeah. So yeah, to my new maintenance, well, which is a vastly different to the old maintenance, really. Yeah. Um, it's just a case of. Yeah, I was feeling a bit wrecked, to be honest. Um, so we had a diet break, because, yeah, dieting since January, nice and slowly, but it's good to have a break, then, you know, get back, squeeze off the last little bit over the next couple of weeks and see where we're at. Um, and then use that as a rebound phase into a growth spell, a short growth spell. Because, mm. you know, the fact is, we don't know when the next shows are going to be. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not now aiming for a show till maybe earliest probably end of september october time yeah, yeah realistically yeah. so i'll go into rebound phase build some tissue you know so once my hormones are at level where we just want to build tissue because i've been so depleted mm-hmm. and then jump on that train and then um yeah and see where it takes us over two months and go back in but not go too far past and then bring it back down for a show maybe october yeah, depending on how the, the year goes anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It might not be any shows this year, we just don't know, do we? That's a thing. Yeah. 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 Good year for guys who either put on new tissue or maintain what they've worked for and just learn new stuff, I guess, about what works for them. Nutrition wise yeah, exactly. and training wise. It's a good situation to try stuff, yeah. I think, without messing it up for a stage. Well, that's probably good for people who do like to compete, you know, yearly. Because you, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not like... a professional on this, but I'm sure you, you do need a break from competing. Yeah, even yeah, the and I think cause, you know, Leon is saying himself, he's in a gaining phase. Everyone, yeah. you get caught Long up one. sometimes with competing and don't yeah. spend enough time growing. Yeah. And people spend six, 20 weeks, 16 weeks dieting, you know. They're natural. And then they compete. And then they grow for a few couple of months, two, three months. And then mm. they go, let's diet again for another show. 
but it don't, we spend a lot less time growing than we do cutting. So yeah. we always we never make any progress. A lot yeah. of people stay in the cutting phase, deficits, and they stay longer than um, um, when they're trying to put new tissue, which is, I guess, bulking, and wonder why the increments are very little to none. And you, yeah. you look good if you're in yeah. good shape. You will maintain the good shape for a long time, but in terms of growing new muscle tissue... It, it, but also um, your hormones. I mean, yeah, those yeah. people should be listening to this episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, yeah, it's just deeper than than your physical appearance, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, you're, you're cutting, we're, we're gaining, and we've said many yeah. times, both are hard because the body is such an amazing thing and it just strives for homeostasis. You know, it doesn't want you to go above. It doesn't want you to go to below. You know, we've we've evolved over millions of years to get to this point. So yeah, we're meant to be naturally a certain size. Yeah. Yeah, because we've wants the to uh, be genetic size. Because nowadays mm-hmm. I feel it reaches a point, and I know I have to eat, but my body's just like, no, no, you don't. Well, no. I guess that's yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. our evolutionary <laughs> perspective. You know, yeah. we've, we're. <laughs> Those, those who had the, the sort of thrifty genes to survive famine yeah. were chosen. But also, you know, you couldn't get too fat <laughs> that you couldn't escape predators or, you know, just, yeah. you know, be fit enough for your general life. <laughs> and, I mean, genetics, but, genetics hasn't caught up with where we are now. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's obesity is such a big problem. Yeah, it's the availability of all these areas segue into probably the episode a little bit. Yeah. The availability of all this nutrient-dense food now, where previously when we were all hunter-gatherers, we were eating a very basic lifestyle. And like this is what bodybuilders do. We have a very basic food choices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's one of those things, keep it very basic, and it's easier to control. But when you're trying to grow and you're eating chicken, rice, vegetables, lean beef, mints, you know, all stuff. that's a lot of food. So you actually have to get some of that nutrient-dense food in there because otherwise you just can't do it. And I suppose, you know, I imagine all the hunter-gatherer guys reached about 200 pounds, you know, reached, you know, about 200 pounds lean mass. And that was it for the hunter-gatherers. They were happy with that. Yeah. And when, you know, times were hard, they shrunk a little bit. But... Yeah, you know, they were probably reaching that and, you know, not being able to get much more in because to even maintain that, like a 200-pound frame, you know, on beans, a little bit of meat, yeah. what you can dig up out of the ground, yeah, it's going to be a rooms. lot of food. So imagine that the early hunter-gatherers were lean machines, you know? Yeah, well, you'd be eating all day and they couldn't be eating all day. Yeah. And you're also looking for food a lot so that you're burning all that energy. So it was just probably impossible. If you catch a big antelope type thing, that's probably a slog to do. You probably probably burn more calories than you've got to consume. But if you fed all your family and village, your share was probably just enough to maintain. Yeah, because Ross Edgley, he did a good research on this when he went and stayed with one of the hunter-gatherer clans. And he put it in his book and how he how their diets were. Is that like, in Namibia? Or? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Because they take fat off the skin of animals because uh, yeah. we know fat has more energy per, per gram. So 
they'd eat the fat and store it like in some pocket skins and use that as they hunt and walk and dig yeah. up roots and look yeah. for you know the rabbits and it's uh and he he was part of the research so he documented his hunting with the and you know he's muscly so he was he was suffering because they're lean yeah. guys well and, muscle is expensive tissue yeah <laughs> And yeah. oxygen usage, like when you're running around, you're burning mm-hmm. so much ATP to fuel that, mm-hmm. that lean mass. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, the more mass you got, that's why like some of the big boxers, the muscular boxers are never the best boxers. Yeah, true. They get true, tired. True. Yeah. Well, that's also how but, I see, you know, CrossFit, because it's really hard. You want to, you've got to be so strong, um, but then you're also doing a lot of, the swimming and the gymnastics where it's it's probably yeah. more beneficial to be light so yeah it's, it's, it's a, fascinating it's um well before we get too deep into all of that and carried away yeah, i think uh... let's just go back to the <laughs> basics and let's just outline what is energy balance what is the energy balance equation and i mean extremely basically it's calories in versus calories yeah. out so if you consume more calories than you expend you will gain body weight. And if you expend more than you consume, you will lose body weight. And if calories in equals calories out, you will maintain. That's that's very basic. And I, I'm just for argument's sake saying body weight. I'm not saying fat or muscle at this point. Um, There's a real basic scientific principle behind this, which is that energy is never created, destroyed. It is only moved around. So the energy that's in food, when we consume it, has to be used for something. We can either store it to use it later, or it's used for movement, or it has to become something else. It becomes another tissue. So energy is just free-flowing, and it can only be transferred and never created or destroyed. So... Yeah, and I mean, that's that's the first law of thermodynamics. And yeah. it's, you know, so many people try and argue this, but it is, it's cold, hard science. And every yeah. kind of loophole you try and go through, you just go back to these basics yeah. and it will make sense. Yeah, because we, all our processes in the body need energy. So whether it's the beating of your heart, whether it's you walking, yeah. sleep, and I think... Most people, especially when guys focus on the goal of losing weight or getting looking a certain type, we all forget about all that. So that's where you find guys dieting and eating one meal a day, thinking that the more you cut off your food, the smaller you get. But we are about to sh- tell you why that is not, it's not that easy. It's not that straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. So there's those... Sorry, carry on. I was going to say, there's a a distinction between weight loss and body composition. I think a lot of people forget this. Yes. Anyone, if you sat on a desert island with no food or water, and they had to get a coconut and eat that and drink fluid, they would survive, but they end up being super skinny. And that's fine. They've lost loads of weight. The scales look good. Actually, they now don't look the way they want to and a lot of people find this from going from being you know overweight to suddenly where they're like 
skinny with loose skin and everything else. It's because, you know, what we're getting to now is, you know, there's a distinct difference between weight loss and body composition. Yeah, no, thanks, Andy. That's a, I think that's a really important one to, to understand. Uh, what we were saying, calories, what... So, yeah, let's, let's look at the calories inside of the equation. I yeah. think that's probably easier, less complicated. I mean, a calorie is, is it's literally energy. I mean, if you want to get all sciencey, it's the energy needed to heat one gram of water by one degree Celsius. And I mean, that, that's kind of hard to relate, you know, to, to everything, but that's what it is. And then each of our different macronutrients, carbs, uh, fats and proteins have different energy values. So protein and carbohydrates have four calories per gram and fat has nine. So, yeah. And... あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ
and, said, and then you mainly store it in fat tissue, adipose yeah. tissue. And this is just basic science. This happens in everyone who is human. Unless you're a robot, this is just basic science. So I hope it so far you're not mammal. lost. Yeah. Every mammal. Yeah, pretty much. Don't sound like lizards and stuff because I'm not sure, but pretty much, yeah. as well, every mammal has a similar metabolic process. Yeah, just, so, you know, so yeah. till where we've reached, that's, that's, that's how your body works. Each one of us, everyone listening, I hope till there you're not lost. It's, uh, we're still, <laughs> we're, we're trying not to lose you, but yeah, keep it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, for everything you want to do, you've got to have ATP to allow you to do it. So yeah, yeah. and it. and that leads, you know, you hear the term, people have a slow metabolism, people have a fast metabolism, and. I mean, a fast metabolism is contrary to what you might think. A fast metabolism is actually very inefficient. Right. And inefficient in, in that it's inefficient at producing ATP. And a lot of yeah. it, a lot of it is, is wasted. Um, and then a slow metabolism, evolutionary speaking, is actually good. It's efficient. You're very efficient at making more ATP from fewer calories, and you waste this less. Is great. Which is great when food wasn't so calorie dense, nutrient dense, yeah, yeah. calorie dense. You know, we had a lot more. You know, when you were like, as we talked about hunter gatherers earlier, you know, for them, if they had a slow metabolism, that's brilliant because they could walk all day, pick up food, and still be not lose lose weight you know yeah so but now with the abundance of calorically dense food yeah the, you know having a slow metabolism it's not yeah it doesn't help beneficial you, you know, it's no. <laughs> yeah lots of transplants yeah, and saturated fats forming energy or <laughs> creating energy if you're not burning that energy it's you know we're wasting time so. and yeah. and also it goes back to the the foods changed we got more calorie dense foods and then we started working yeah. more in offices sitting more driving more so yeah. less walking less you know hunting so to speak gathering and yeah, yeah. i guess it all goes hand in hand race. yep well, you, so, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, human race just took the scale so yeah. far in opposing directions away from homeostasis yeah <laughs> more sedentary but more calorie dense food it's like if you're more sedentary you want more you know less dense calorically dense food more nutrient dense less calories so you know but yeah well so that's kind of the calories inside the calories outside is more complicated yeah um and cal there, there's an equation for it, and you've, you've probably seen this somewhere, and it's all to do with your total daily expenditure. And your total daily expenditure, we'll say TDEE, is, is made up of various components. So this is going to be your BMR, which is your basal metabolic rate, and then added to that is NEAT, so that's your non exercise activity thermogenesis which is yeah. the... well we'll go into these in, oh, okay. into 
we'll go into these in more detail just now. And then there's your um, exercise activity and then the thermic effect of food. So yeah. all, all of those, I mean, some people add in uh, NAPAR, which is non-exercise physical activity, which is voluntary, but we'll, we'll put that all underneath, I think. It gets really confusing, yeah. So all of those will constitute your calories outside of the equation. So let's go to your BMR, yeah. and because this is, this is what makes up the most of your TDE, it's about um, 60%. And it's, it's uh, I think, simplest way to put it is your existence calories. So yeah. what you would need to survive. Yeah, yeah it's the calories you need just to do your bodily functions. Yeah, even <laughs> to, to probably exist even without having to exercise or do anything. You'd just else. be lying in bed, yeah. not asleep, but yeah. doing nothing. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's like if you're in a coma, yeah. what calories do yes. you use? Yeah. That's and, your BMR. I mean, your exactly. BMR is is related to your, your body mass. So the bigger you are, you know, the higher your BMR will be. So obviously, uh, Leon is going to have a higher BMR than me. And also, if you have more lean body mass, your BMR will increase. True, true, um, yes. But it's 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 basically set. Yeah. Um, and did you want to talk about NEAT? Yeah, yeah, NEAT is a good one, you know, non exercise you know, thermal genesis um so the important thing about me is it's what we do day to day that is an exercise so it's that getting out of bed brushing your teeth making your tea you know tapping on your keyboard how much you fidget yep. how much you do like all the little activities we do turning it could be turning on the tv remote depending on how your lifestyle is it can be having a walk in the garden because it's part of just your day, not yeah. because you set out and you're going to do so much, you know, it's not part of that activity plan. Yeah. It is just, you know, we often add, you know, our steps into that neat because yeah. it's just a nice way of doing to make sure we're keeping that neat level high. But it's, you know, it is all about low taxing on the body, central nervous system. It's that activity that doesn't, stress out the central nervous system it's all just part of day-to-day -day life so it's literally everything that is activity so once you get out of your coma all those other activities outside of exercise True, yeah. activity. putting yeah. on your clothes yeah and walking it's, to the stairs. i would say neat is probably True. the most adaptive component of your metabolism yeah very so, adaptive yeah so when you see like say if you follow any of us on social media and we're trying to get our steps in that's just us trying to increase our need it's that's a simple way we mm -hmm. we try to increase the need and yeah yeah and as Claire says it's that adaptiveness and we go into a bit more detail later yeah. that you know we the need for that reason yeah. um but yeah so some of it's very controllable by people and some of it's very uncontrollable. I mean, mm. amount you fidget or, you know, do the little things in your life, like tap your feet when you're yeah. bored or, <laughs> you know, the amount of times you get up to go to the bathroom, so, well, that's uncontrollable. You don't even know you're doing it. Yeah. You, know, it's un you know, it's unconsciously done. Uh, but then there's the other half of it is like, you know you've got, to, you know, how much you walk around your kitchen when you're cooking and yeah. you know are you going to go walk up to your gate or you go walk around your garden 
for instance. Yeah, that's a controllable element. So it falls into un, you know, unconscious neat and then controllable neat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so for me, I focus a lot on that, what I can control and keeping those sort of activities high, being mindful of the activities I do. So, especially if I'm looking to lose weight, and then almost the opposite when you're looking to gain, it's like, how much am I, you know, getting up and moving around? Actually, maybe I should do it a little bit less. Down between, you know, when you are doing exercise, you actually, rather than pacing around the gym floor, which is like yeah. part of neat rather than the exercise itself. Yeah, you have you to know, be like a powerlifter. Yeah, lift and then yeah, sit. Yeah, like a power lifter. Look like you're half asleep the whole time. Yeah, right? you lift and then sit. That's it. <laughs> true, true, true. But, but Leon, you're like me. Yeah. Between sets, yeah, you're and you're posing and, and I know, you're yeah. flexing. And, and then we always sort of make sure we remove our weights, return the weights. So. That's half the workout. And yeah, yes. I think and it's we're used to doing it, so actually yeah you've it's a good thing you've brought up and we don't think about it it's very you just do it you return your weights but yeah. that, that really mm-hmm. factors in a lot yeah yeah <laughs> yeah because we, we we do posing a lot yeah wow it's interesting yeah new new things to add into the notebook well i have like a nervous, not a nervous thing it's a bit like twiddling your thumbs i, I flex muscles without even thinking about it so i'll be like why are you flexing your biceps? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> flexing mid conversation. Like I didn't even know I was doing it. it just it's like I'm, that's I hilarious. Do like, you do that in meetings? You're just like yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and then like yeah, but like you just see it twitch under my shirt. So yeah, it doesn't look me weird. But not like I'm not even in control of it. Really, it's just like yeah. my body. Like, all, yeah. Yeah, just those active. little little twitches. So, I mean, that's neat. Then you have exercise activity. And that, that's pretty obvious. That's if you go and work out at the gym or if you go out for a, a, a run, run anything like that. Um, so we won't really go into that anything one. Anything that's exercise. Yeah. Much, yeah. And then finally is the thermic effect of food. So basically, yeah. it, it actually costs you energy to, to break down certain foods and some more than others. So protein mm-hmm. and fiber actually use more energy to break down. Um, and the thermic effect of food, yeah. it, contribu- it contributes about 15% of TDE. So it's not huge, but it does make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then the, that protein and fiber, especially when you're now coming into uh, a deficit, will become really important. Um, but it, that's not to say that if you, you know, if you go out and eat a, a ton of protein and fiber, that you're going to lose weight. It, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Yes. When you got meat sweats, you're not exercising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so for people who think just by eating loads of protein you're losing fat and loads of veggies, that's that's also not really how it works. No, it def- it definitely has an effect. Yeah, and it should be something that you take into account when you are going to go into a deficit to keep your protein and fiber high. Um, but we will get into that. Yeah. later <laughs> yeah okay so i think that hopefully explains the the calories so, outside yeah let's recap for guys listening so we say tde that's total daily energy expenditure which is equal to our need right which is 
the non-exercise activity thermogenesis, what you burn when you brush your teeth, sleep, and do your daily activities without having to think, plus your BMR, assuming you're in a coma, what you need to survive, so just the amount of energy which is measured in calories that you need to, to yeah. just survive, to exist. And then you add that to your thermic effect of food. And right there you have the equation of your TDE, which is what the number of calories you get when you use most of the calorie calculators on the internet. That That's simply the, the equation they've tried to use to give you that number that you get that you're told to put on like your my fitness pal or your food diary and think mm -hmm. yeah yeah no i think that that explains and name them all yeah yeah mm -hmm. oh yeah and your exercise activity yeah. yeah so depending whether you want to to lose fat or if you want to to gain then you've got to look at all those components and then think of your calories in this is your calories out and it's you know you some people will say i can't lose i can't lose weight you know this calories in calories out thing it just doesn't work but it, that is impossible if you're if you're not losing weight you are not in a true calorie deficit, deficit. you you've you've somewhere along the line in that tde that you've yeah. overestimated <laughs> TDE, E, and you've underestimated your calories in. I think that's what most people will do. So when that happens to you, it's just to go back to the drawing board and just remember. And, and you have to really be honest with yourself, like especially if your need is low, don't, don't, don't assume you do 10,000 steps in a day when you do 3,000. That's where most people go wrong and it, it factors into all these so when you're there saying oh i've been in a deficit for eight months i'm not losing anything go back and look at all these aspects well see. if you've been in a deficit for eight months i know no i'm just it's, we're, uh, we're, gonna, <laughs> we're gonna get to, yeah, to a, get that well probably example, that's a, <laughs> maybe that will lead us now yeah, yeah. i think yeah no i was gonna say the only thing to remember is for a lot of people is being mindful of their caloric intake because people mindlessly add extra sauce to their food or you know but instead of weight and this is why i like to weigh food because mm -hmm. it's easy to say if you butter a piece of toast how much butter have you just put on you know i've you know if you use a little tub those little square packs that you get on planes or restaurants yeah. where they weigh about seven grams or yeah. whatever five yeah. grams at least you know then but generally, when you take it, you know, take it, or whatever, blue band or whatever, have a, a pack yeah. with a knife, you've got no idea how much fat you've just put on your food. Yeah. And as we said, fat is nine calories it's, per it's gram. It's dense, yeah. Yeah, and, and most people are guilty <laughs> of this because you find guys, every time they enter the kitchen, they pick, you know, maybe a few peanuts, like three, and they're like, ah, it's only three, three small yeah. peanuts, you know, ketchup using every you know and you're like ah it's it's low calorie ketchup or whatever and guys forget all this really factors in and then you have avocado 
Oh yeah, that's. Oh, hey, I think that's amazing. Avocado is a classic one. <laughs> yeah. It's calorically dense it's because it's got a lot going on in an avocado, and, it, and it's heavy. Yeah. And it's heavy, exactly. And then people think they're eating avocados, so it's all nice and healthy. Yeah. Which it is, but it's also high calorie. So in the grand scheme of energy balance, yeah. you will be consuming a lot of calories and a little bit of avocado. Yeah, I will. I'll I'll keep avocado comments. I already get enough enough yeah. uh, enough yeah. avocado bashing. <laughs> well, I thought while we're on the topic of fats, yeah. it yeah. might be interesting just to go into why people who are on keto think that that is the ultimate way to lose fat. And I think a lot of well, not a lot of people, but some people on keto are saying that the calories in calories out doesn't work because if you take in fat you burn fat you lose fat <laughs> and cuz if you if you have if you have a higher carb diet you're going to have more insulin and insulin actually impairs um lipolysis and fat oxidation so that's where the keto people say if you're you, you know if you're having more fat you've got less carbs less insulin so you're going to burn more fat but that goes back to the original calories in yep calories out balance. yes you might be burning more fat but you're taking in more fat so it's your net fat if that makes sense yeah exactly yeah way keto works and I don't eat keto and I like keto but not it's no different to any other diet you know, you are literally removing a whole food source in the form of carbohydrates. So therefore, a lot of people who first initially go on to keto lose a lot of weight. It's because they've literally just removed one big food group. Yeah. But once yeah. they start upping fats, eating more and more fat, their weight actually goes starts rising again. They, you know, we struggle to work out why. And and then they try all these different things. And yeah, and I understand, you know, keto diet came from epilepsy, you know, trying to prevent epilepsy. Yeah. And it's, burn, it's about burning, you know, controlling the insulin, burning triglycerides. So, you know, instead of glycogen being used as an energy source, using triglycerides. So ATP converts those into energy rather than glycogen because you don't have it. Mm. But here's the thing. With a fat, as we've said, you get nine calories per gram. So you get nine calories per gram of fat, you know, in energy sense. So you actually get to eat less. You eat less on your plate. It's, you know, so in fact, you're more likely to become hungrier long term. Yeah. Because don't forget, you can't have high protein because proteins you don't use get turned into carbohydrates by... Glycogenesis. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, therefore, that takes you out of ketosis. So, it's high fat, moderate to low protein, and low carb. So, you don't get much food on the plate if you're not careful. You can fill it up with fibrous vegetables. Yeah. That's what you end up having to do. Unless you're super mindful and you're someone who fills your plate with lots of salad and lots of vegetables, then puts a little bit of chicken or meat on top. Yeah. You know, it's hard to control. Basically, you've got to have a little bit of meat, lots of vegetables, and then pour butter over the top. <laughs> and it's still not good for your heart. And I think we touched on yeah. this with um, in the nutrition yeah. episode. Yeah. You know, where 
it's still saturated fats. It still has an effect on the heart. It still has an effect on the arteries. So, yes, you can lose weight by cutting out one whole food group, but it's no health. It's, it's not, it's not healthier. It's just the beast you're creating. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, our, our body's preferred fuel sources are carbs and fats. And um, I think it would, you know, especially if you are a high level athlete or very active, carbs are its preferred fuel source first. Um, yeah. And then fats. And, and, and I mean, yes, it can convert proteins into energy, but that's quite a, a difficult process. Inefficient. Yeah, it's yeah, inefficient. Yeah, it's true. yeah. And your body is, it's, a, it's, it's again, it's so adaptive whatever it has it, it will use. So it's not saying, you know, if you're going on a high fat diet that that's better, or if you're going on a, you know, a low fat, high carb that that's better. You know, it, all of those will go back to your energy balance equation. And I mean, just in terms of satiety, I think keto kind of goes both ways because some do feel more, I mean, I don't know, well, how, did, how did you find it, Andy? In the long term, you said satiety is reduced, but like when you first start, so there's a well, lot of fat. No, I think satiety can be reduced if you are not mindful with keto. A lot of yeah. people drink bullet coffee and all this stuff mm-hmm. where you're taking a lot of calories, but not having a lot of things, you know, they're going to satiate you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you are having a big plate of salad, um, broccoli, a little bit of meat, and you know, create uh, some sort of fat dressing on it. Yeah, you'd probably be fine. But when it comes to like keto snacks and stuff, mm-hmm. it then becomes non-satiating. And don't forget, protein te- is you know takes more energy to break down in the body. Yeah. So when you consume proteins and uh, you know certain carbs because of the fiber. It takes a lot longer to break down, so you feel fuller for longer. Yeah. Fats yeah. are quickly broken down in the stomach. Therefore, your stomach is emptier quicker. And mm-hmm. so there is a potential to be hungry sooner. Yeah, because yeah. the first prep I did, I attempted keto. And I think it ended up being low carb because the fir- I was too hungry. It just wasn't working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I I remember starting off as keto and then I just put it as l- yeah, a low carb diet. Yeah, you need those volume foods. Yeah, it um it yeah. you you certainly do feel way hungrier and mm. it yeah. means you're thinking about food more. So yeah. so to, just to to underline that fact, keto, paleo. Well, Vegan, carb cycling, high carb, low fat, it'll all boil back down to your energy balance equation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So nothing else matters. Basics. Yeah, it is. It is. So you don't you don't need to overcomplicate it. You don't need to think that eating more fat is gonna burn fat or carbs are gonna make you fat. There's no magic diet. It's all energy balance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now that we've hopefully explain that and establish that let's look at you know the implications of being on a long-term diet and (laughs) yeah Leon's eight months deficit and how that is it's really 
really bad for yep. you. And, <laughs> you know, like we've been saying through evolution, your body has become this amazing thing Machine. where it, it is going to always try and bring you back to homeostasis. We have this incredible self-defense system against famine. So when you put yourself into a calorie deficit, what does your body think? There's a famine. So all these self-defense systems are going to be activated. Um, and the, a lot of these will do with, you know, your, your, your hunger. Um, so hormones related to that. And then, sorry, this is, it, it's quite hard. So then the body will set you up for when you do get to eat more food, that you are going to store that more efficiently. And then also it's going to try and prevent this from happening again. And by do this, the body can actually create more fat cells. Um, so fats, fat cells will never disappear. They just increase and they shrink. But there, there have been studies that show, especially if you do yo-yo dieting and you put on a lot of fat, like post-diet, you can create more fat cells. Yeah. yeah. So if you do look at yo-yo dieters, they will often regain all the weight they lost and put on more, yeah. which is pretty scary. And the uh, other situation where you can create fat cells is pregnancy. Oh, Women during yeah. pregnancy mm -hmm. actually create fat cells in the body just because it's a, you know, extra energy for when the baby's born. Yeah. But actually, after the baby goes, those fat cells are still so, there. Yeah. They just shrink. I mean, so if you're non-mindful of what you consume yeah <laughs> post baby and you eating and snacking with a new young child you're very prone to putting on weight for mm -hmm. babies yeah that's interesting i didn't know that and i think also you two being bodybuilding competitors that post show you know your your body is just primed it is primed to you know <laughs> to soak up all that energy, you know, your cells are really uh, insulin sensitive, whatever you eat is going to be used. And um, again, studies have shown that that is going to be stored as fat. Preferentially. Yeah, and bodybuilders love it because we call it the rebound phase. Yep. <laughs> but you've got to be careful how you use that because it's very easy. And I think we've all done this is, you know, you cut, cut, cut then you want to eat everything in sight post-show. But if you don't stop that quickly, all that happens is your fat weight goes up and not your what your desired rebound would be, which is to use that energy to create muscle. muscle yeah. And so rebound should be, you know, your calories go up, but your training starts getting intense and hard. And therefore, you're actually putting that, you know, the fact that your body wants to store energy and it wants to build new tissue, you know, it, it doesn't it choose whatever's being offered to it. Yeah. So if you're being more sedentary, you go, oh, yeah, all right, let's just give him some fat to store. But if he's like, oh, yeah, the body's getting told, oh, this guy needs more muscle, he's demanding more muscle, yeah. let's give him more muscle. You know, it's going to help us. So that rebound phase becomes important. And that's what I was talking about now. That's why I'm still cutting, although there's no show. Mm -hmm. So you want that rebound phase. But it has to be a controlled rebound. And because I'm probably not going to do a show, I won't do that whole binge 
like, you know, last show, I, did, I went to an all-you-can-eat buffet straight away. Brilliant. <laughs> I, I actually had five hot cross buns with butter within about 10 seconds yeah. as soon as I stepped off the stage. Well, <laughs> so, yeah. Weren't you going to do an eating competition after this, yeah. if this I competition will, had gone ahead? Show, I yeah. will do an uh, eating challenge. Because I'm someone who can eat, you know, when I put my mind to it. I want to find a really cool eating challenge and just film it and there's you know i've seen a couple in the uk like a meter long pizza yeah. which is near my parents house one meter jeez oh, that sounds <laughs> i just saw one the other day done by um shut up and eat shakiva the women's um food eating champ oh yeah or world champ for women's eating in youtube she did uh smithy i don't know if everyone's watched um What's it called? The, um, the Welsh one. But anyway, uh, oh. Gavin and Stacey, there's a Smithy Chan. She does an order of curry and it's about five curries, nine popper doms, yeah, oh, some bread, horrible. Some, uh, mushroom rice. And it's massive, honestly. Mm. And she had to eat it. But um, certainly I might try. But um, apart from that, but I would only do it in that first week post show. Mm hmm. Yeah. Knowing and knowing full well yeah. I'm gonna store body fat, but longer than that, I'm just gonna be you know, because you want a little bit of body fat back yes. for a healthy function. Yeah. Yeah, just be healthy. To kickstart everything um, again. Yeah, but yeah, it's, you know, important for hormone balance and we'll talk about it in a minute. Um but the longer you leave that rebound, it's like everyone who diets and breaks a diet. It's okay to, to break that diet. You've got to find out why you feel the need to binge. And there can be an element of disordered eating, and especially as in bodybuilding and female bodybuilding, where people keep binging for a while. Yeah. You know, it's because of this element of disordered eating that we create by cutting and cutting. And you've got to be super careful yeah. about it. Well, also, your hormones have gone crazy. I mean, you're, 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 yeah. you know, you, you just. Your hunger hormones, your your body has just primed you to eat. Well, yeah, so let's talk about hormones. So yeah. when you are in, a, a, you know, one big one for blokes, and even, and, and even for women, and a lot of women won't realise this, is when you are in a calorie, severe calorie deficit for a long period of time, your testosterone levels drop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? And anyone who's ever got really lean realize that libido disappears and i've mentioned it on the show before <laughs> you know the last thing you just have no drive and you know it's because your body's just dropped its testosterone levels right down and that's could be you know it's trying to get, keep that balance for you need that for mood people always talk about guys with high testosterone as being aggressive but actually studies have shown guys with low testosterone are more prone to mood swings and high levels of depression. I can attest so, to that. And here's the thing, women as well rely on testosterone. Mm -hmm. There's a fine balance, the female engines, a fine balance of estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's a man's, but in varying levels. You know, so we've got to realize that homeostasis, you know, us being in maintenance is what our body wants. Yep. Our body wants us to live in the maintenance calories, nice steady output of energy so when we you know anything we do is going to affect our hormones if you're overweight your hormones get affected if you're, you're in a severe deficit your hormones get affected there's yeah. all this you know we are not where we need to be so the, the seesaw's out of whack 
and yeah, you know, extreme. there's a lot more things going on like ghrelin levels and everything else but yeah yeah and then so your whole metabolic rate slows down so this is all part of metabolic yeah. adaptation yeah so th- for many people who who have been in a deficit you know at first it's pretty easy you're losing a lot of body fat and then you'll hit a plateau and you know you just you're just not losing any more body fat and you're wondering why and this is because your body has adapted so what was once your deficit has now become your maintenance your body is able to produce the same amount of energy on less food so and then this is all in an attempt for your body now to bring you back up to its homeostasis and so when you get to this point you've got to restrict even further so um and that's that, that can be done through both sides of your calorie in and calorie out equation so you can increase your out you can increase your your exercise your neat and then you can decrease the calories in and like we said before the neat is the most adaptive component so when you're in a deficit for a long time you just have less energy you you your body wants you to sit on that couch you you are actively gonna make have to make yourself go and get your steps Otherwise, just automatically, I think you, you just find yourself moving less, just feeling more sluggish, and that's all in an attempt. Harder to get out of bed. Yeah. All these things, and you fidget less. And so what happens is, and this is a important one for personal trainers to understand, when you set someone up for a caloric deficit to lose body fat, it's important to start off not too heavy, important to be moderate in your approach initially yeah. because you will reach and your the body will adapt and you'll be burning less calories and actually because the body weight's drop the maintenance the, you know the basal metabolic rates dropped you are going to have to uh, we've lost andy <laughs> Calorie. Sorry, Andy, can you go back a little bit? You cut out. Oh. Sorry, yeah, okay. Um, I didn't even notice. Um, sorry, I don't know where I got to, but as I say, something about start reduced off calories. Yeah. reducing calories because yeah. as you go down, the body will adapt and you'll fidget less, people will move less, want to get out of bed less. The other part of that is that the body weight's gone down, so the the BMR is actually reduced. Mm-hmm. So if you start someone really low calories initially, yeah, they lose a lot of weight quickly, but then, then what? Yeah. You know, it's going to be, you know, if you've got a long journey, you will need to then look to do it again. So if you start off moderate and come down like a staircase, so drop, maintain, drop, maintain, drop, maintain, the journey's easier than jumping straight off a cliff. Yeah, yeah, totally. Much more, much more doable yeah. by everyone. Yeah, and 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 you can damage a met- met- metabolic um, process if you 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 crash down for too low for too long. Yeah, which is how a lot of this weird, funny diets you see out um, make people think that they're working because they'll get your stats, they'll give everyone the same generic a thousand calorie diet. And then you'll be losing weight so quickly and then you'll be like, yeah, it's working. 12 weeks later, you've put on double the amount of fat. 
Yeah. After, yeah, after they died. Want to rebound? Then people yeah. cheat. And that's the thing. If you regrenin levels get so crazy high, people can't stop themselves from snacking. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so ghrelin is your hunger hormone. hormone that makes you feel hungry. Yeah. Yeah. And it controls your hunger, and then that can go mental. Right. If it if you're not satiated and your calories are so low. You will not be able to stop yourself from suddenly binging, and as we've talked about this rebound, mm-hmm. you then start storing that body fat at a more aggressive way, and it becomes harder. So yeah, and then that just sets you up to make it even harder to lose weight a second or a third time. So again, studies that have looked at people who yo-yo diet, yes. it becomes harder and harder to lose weight, and Your for body. the Your some of the adapts the participants in Biggest Loser, their BMR was impaired for six years. So, you know, dieting is not something that you should enter into lightly. You've got to be really smart about it because your body will adapt. And then if you do now, you know, quote unquote, fall off the wagon or binge or anything, you, you are setting yourself up to make it harder in the future. Yeah. I think outside the maintenance, everything should be quick in, quick out, as quick as you can, in a controlled way, in a safe way. So for me, set it all up, you know, you want to get to point A to point B. So reduce calories enough to get to the initial point B. Then maintain for a short while. Then drop them down to, you know, maintaining at that level. So you know where your maintenance level is now. Drop them down again not too drastic at a time until you reach that goal and then have someone on that maintenance for a long period because that is where the body wants to be yeah doesn't want to be going same with going up someone trying to put weight on yes unless you've got bodybuilding goals i would still do do everything in a controlled way yeah your periods of maintenance because it's it's a hard slog putting on weight and it also has an adaptive issue you know when you put on too much weight too quickly you know if you're not using as we said in these rebound phases if you're not using that stored energy for muscle gain then you're not changing your body composition all you're doing is storing it energy as fat mm-hmm. yeah in the tissue so again it's a case of once you stop seeing muscular gains and people do get fluffy. And we say that, you know, in bodybuilding, people have to get a little bit soft, you know. But I always say once you lose all condition detail and everyone starts just looking smooth, you can't see muscle anymore, you can't get good flex. That's a bit too You much. then need to get <laughs> yeah. a person on to some sort of maintenance for you know, a week, two weeks, and yeah. bring it down to management before going back up. It's a bit like, I don't know if you guys ever climbed the mountain, what you do is when you climb a mountain, before you you climb past the base camp to allow for altitude adaption, and then you and come then you down again to sleep. So you, your, your body's getting used to altitude, you're coming down so you can get a good night's sleep. You need to almost do that with growing. You need to come down again before you make the final summit climb, you know, to break it up a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, we, we, I think, you know, a lot of, if, if you are going to go, on, on a deficit, 
you, you know, you need to be on some pretty decent calories in the first place. If you're someone who's eating yes. 1500 calories and you want to now go on a diet and you have quite a lot of body fat to lose, you know, you, it's just not feasible. It's, it's not healthy in any way. You'd probably have to go under a thousand calories and no one really should be there. So that, that's why you, you see a lot, of, a lot of us go into maintenance phases or into a slight surplus because over time you will build up your, um, your maintenance calories. So let's say I, I, I finished a diet, my maintenance calories were 1800. I, I stuck there for a little bit, I gradually was in a surplus and this now might bring my maintenance up to 2000. So that, that's how, you know, a lot of bodybuilders do it as well. So that by the time you are now going into a pretty serious deficit, you know, you're not going to be on poverty calories at the end. I mean, you might, especially if you are someone with an efficient metabolism, you know, you, you'll, you'll probably get down to some pretty low calories. Um, so just make sure you're on decent calories to start with and don't, you know, don't hoodwink yourself. You know, it'll just lead to a lot of problems health problems but this is usually yeah, the hardest well, thing to sort of convince guys because everyone is always low and when you just try bring it up a bit so it takes a lot of work in terms of even behavior yeah. change and yes yeah because a lot of people it's not just do this and they'll do it and it, it you you need to really be honest with yourself and accountable for this to work Exactly. As we said earlier, there's a difference between weight loss and body composition. You know, we talked about that a little bit earlier. But you, know, you need, when you are reducing calories and you're in a caloric deficit and you're in an energy deficit, you need to think about external intervention to stop you losing muscle mass as well. Yes. Because, you know, your body's not fussy. It'll take the glycogen first, turn that into energy. Yeah. Then when it's looking at tissue around the body, it's going to say, what tissue isn't being used? I will use, convert that to energy. Yeah. So that can be muscle. So you've got to then look at what external interventions you can do to prevent that. First one being resistance training, lifting weight, making sure those muscles are active. So when, you know, ATP is looking to be created by the body, it's going to say, what, what cells can we convert? What, what tissue can we convert into energy? And you know, you'd rather use the fat cells rather than muscle cells. And you will always lose a little bit of muscle here and there. You know, you're not using it if you're really low. But, yeah, but very you know, the other way of um, external would be obviously exercise. And then the other one is like, you know, a lot of the top bodybuilders use anabolics because anabolics helps prevent the body from using you know, those muscle muscles because yeah. it's muscle sparing. And the same with like diet, you know, you know, if you have protein is muscle sparing. So if you have a bit more protein in your diet, like you know, I always go with the average being one point two grams of protein per pound of body fat in a in a deficit. So you know go with a you know keep it sort of you know one one gram and you know because it will help prevent, you know, you will try and keep some sort of protein synthesis going in your body. So therefore, the, the, the body will convert other cells. Yeah, and, and as we said right at the beginning, that thermic effect of food, it, it is 15% of your yeah. TDE, but when you're in a deficit, that will make a bit of a difference. Yeah. 
And just a small uh, backtrack to resistance training when you're in a deficit. When you're in a deficit, your training, it doesn't have to change that much. You still want to focus, you know, on, you know, pretty heavy strength training. It's not a time to go into cardio weights or anything like that. You've got to be very careful with your, with your cardio. And uh, not only because your body will adapt to that, the way that NEAT is very, you know, your metabolism adapts to NEAT, but, you know, cardio does use a lot of your, of your energy. And if, you, if you're going to use too much, you know, muscle, muscle is a very expensive tissue. You know, if you look at marathon runners, yeah. you know, they're not yeah. jacked. And, and in a deficit, you're really trying to maintain muscle, not, not really grow any muscle, but more maintenance of the muscle. So you really have to be smart about the food choices and how you, you do all the other activities outside of your training. I think the saying I like to rely on is what builds it is the same as what maintains it. Mm-hmm. Heavy training, progressive overload, yeah, also, good salt, protein then, in your diet. Yeah, yeah, but now the problem, like in deficits, because everyone wants to, you know, look ripped, you find an increase in cardio. <laughs> volume. Uh, volume, yeah. Everyone is doing, you know, in one set you have a drop set you have a, a rest pause and then it's like four sets super intense you're not recovering well and it's like you've just changed your whole training you've changed your yeah. whole nutrition and to begin with, it was simple you just go into the deficit keep the training the same way it is you know monitor the volume see how you're recovering as i was saying volume monitoring is the important bit yeah because you should only be done enough volume you can recover from. But your training style doesn't need to change. Yep. If you feel a bit more tired, just reduce a little bit of volume. But yep. still have your heavy sets in there. Yeah, it doesn't Don't mean you're going to put on body fat. It's not a time to change things up. Mm-hmm. Change your whole system of training or you know, start doing excessive hitch training. Yeah. You know, yes, you may want to increase your uh, energy output by adding some cardio. But there's no need to suddenly throw in massive lock and hit sessions. There's no need for it, you know? Yeah. It's just more likely to get injured. And then yeah. you won't be doing any exercise. Yeah, yeah. I'm, go- I'm going to read more on hit. I don't know. It's just become the, the new body toning and <laughs> weird detox. This this stuff it's you it's hear. It's short. It's quick. Yeah. I think I'm it's shortcuts. But most people, people are doing it wrong. Yeah, most people are just doing it wrong. It's like, yeah, and then it's well, it's not true hit. Coming it's hit. Yeah, and then coming back to energy balance. Just because you're doing hit doesn't mean you can eat the cake every day. Well, Always remember, calories yeah. in, calories out. Just remember that. Just because you did hit, doesn't mean you need to add extra. You know, which is a thing. I watched, that, I watched that documentary about CrossFit once. You know, when was it? It was on Netflix mm. a while ago. And it was all about CrossFit. And I was watching them do like a CrossFit competition and have a barbecue and breaking out the beers. And you're mm. like, you look at the, you look, you looked at the, like the people that were members of that CrossFit box. And there were a lot of overweight people who, and they did interviews. Yeah, I, I, best thing I ever done. I've been coming to this box for five years. And you're like, Right, yeah. <laughs> like your body hasn't changed, Change, yeah. which is pretty great. For, like their mental health, having fun, they're 
community driven. And I think sometimes that's the thing with CrossFit, it's a community yeah. rather than the actual Yeah, the community. The yeah, because yeah, at yeah. least even if you are not moving, it, um, you know, if, if a Friday, if you train Monday to Friday and you're sure you're going to have a beer, you know, well and good. <laughs> but I don't like that kind of uh, way of thinking of, okay, I've eaten a Mars mm-hmm. bar. Now I must do X amount of exercise to burn yeah. it off because. Yeah. I think that's what it, is known as bad relationship with yeah. food. It's, yeah. Well. And, and, yeah. Yeah. It just won't work. So let's let's go um, and finish up with looking at how to work out your calories. And yeah. you know, you go online and there's all these sort of calorie calculators with crazy names like Catch McCardle and oh, I can't what? remember Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> all of those ones. But Andy, you've got a good one. Tell us. Yeah. Yeah. My my simple. Yeah, you simply you first work out your a very simple version of working out your BMR. So you want to work out your basal metabolic rate. So you get your body weight in kilos. As a man, you then times that by 24. As a woman, you times it by 22. That gives you your BMR, which is your, I'm laying in a coma, what calories do I need? So then from then, you, you times, uh, so your BMR, and you create it times by uh, perceived activity level. Or power, which is how much energy you know. So that is your neat and your exercise combined. Well, we mainly focus on the neat because it's the biggest part of it. So, do you have a sedentary job? So, the scale is like one to two. One being completely sedentary, stay at home, don't do anything. Two being a professional athlete, training all day every day. So the majority of people fall into that 1.4 area. So therefore, you then times those that BMR by 1.4. So say your BMR is 2,000, you know, it only comes to like 1,500 times by, you know, the 1.4, you end up just, you know, around the 2,000 mark. Give you an idea. So then that will give you your maintenance calories. That calculation. So BMR is body weight kg times by 24 for men 22 for women and then you times that number by your perceived activity level between one and two hello sorry <laughs> clear clears become a microphone I know. Um, <laughs> there we go <laughs> well i don't think anyone's seen the recording <laughs> no, um, i was putting it closer <laughs> yeah yeah so and yeah, we can put this in the description, but you know, for the majority of people, the 1.4, 1.5, you know, if you're a label on a building site, you may be 1.8, 1.9. So very active jobs, or armed forces. Yeah. Yeah. So when you times that, and then that gives you your maintenance. And then if you want to reduce your calorie deficit, you just work out 10% of your maintenance calories and take that away from your maintenance calories, which is, you know, year five math or whatever you know to work out your percentage yeah so and then same with gaining start off with like a 10 percent gain you know yeah and build up on 10 percent increments or reduce on 10 percent increments no so, I, I like that it's it's very simple because some of these ones that you see there's yeah you know your lean body mass yeah, and there's your yeah, age and 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 i think any equation that you use remember it is just an equation and 
You, it might churn out this number for you and you, you, you're trying to be in a deficit and you're not losing weight. So you're like, well, this whole calorie things in, calories out is not working. I'm not losing weight. So just think about it. That obviously is not a deficit for you. So use whatever number the, the, uh, uh, the calculator gives you as a guideline. Yes. I always think it's better to do trial and error. Use my fitness pal or whatever you you want, and yeah. you track everything, everything. I would say for at least a week, two would be great. And then from there, see what you're eating. Are you gaining weight? Are you losing weight? And then from there, now take off your ten percent to go into a deficit, or you know, add ten percent to go into your surplus. So the 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 calculator. Is a guideline. Don't blindly think, oh, oh, right. Oh, well, it's telling me I've got to eat 2,300. You know, that might be a surplus for you. So just, yeah, exactly. be sensible. Everyone's slightly different. It's, it's a ballpark figure. See how it goes and adjust. Yeah, and then um, we were just discussing before the podcast started how, you know, using uh, wearable tech like Apple Watches and Fitbits, a lot of people rely on this too much in terms of your energy out expenditure, expenditure. Yeah. and they are not 100% accurate at all again yeah. they're a good guideline and they're they're often a great reminder you know to get up and move and a good way to track your need get in your steps especially when you're in a deficit you don't want to move but just be careful yeah, yeah it's same with using um, cardio equipment in the gym and doing, saying, oh, how many calories have I burnt on the Stairmaster or on the ecliptical? Those are way off. They're okay for good level. And, you know, my coaches often like me to do, well, cutting, do like a, uh, do a 300 calories cardio session. So, therefore, I'll get on to the ecliptical and I'll try and do 400 because I know it's better to be over than under yeah. because you can't trust that number on that machine it could be off by easily at 100 it's not calculated to my weight to my lean muscle mass or anything else so and same with watches how often someone got fitbit and when was last time you update the weight on the tracker adjust the calories you know and how often does it and it's never asked me how lean your muscle mass you know yeah because i think guys forget they're just tools to keep you accountable just yes, like your exactly. your notebook, which especially if you're trying to, whether it's build muscle tissue or lose weight, I think everyone should have at least somewhere you've written something down. Because how, how else do you know, say, the like Clea said, you're, you've gotten this number, it's a deficit, but it's not working. If, if you've not put that number down and you're not like just tracking what you eat, it, you you forget and then it just becomes another another number you calculated and forgot about. So all yeah, this, guide. yeah, they're tools, they're guides for you to 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 get to a point. Because dieting is it's not a lifestyle. It's it's a tool also the same way. It's just one hundred percent. Yeah. The only the only lifestyle is the only long term lifestyle. The only thing that needs to be completely sustainable is maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, true. Yep, no, I think Anything that's... else, you just need to adhere to. But yeah. maintenance, where we should all be spending, unless you're a competitor, 
maintenance is where you should spend majority of your time. Yeah, like you said, cutting and bulking, it's all individual. Like, I want to grow big. Oh, I want to look like this. I, it's, it's only maintenance, homeostasis that, that is... Like, sustainable and it's yeah, what your body your strives body... for that's healthy it's that's healthy. true health yeah yeah great well i i think we, we've talked a lot and i hope we yeah. haven't confused anyone <laughs> too much um we try to make that because it is a very complicated topic and there is a lot of science in that and you know if you want more science just contact any one of us and we're, we're happy to point you in the way of the of good literature good studies that you can read because it, it is a fascinating topic and yeah, just to reiterate doing you know going into a diet it you know it's a big thing and i think the best way to do it is to have someone to help you have a nutritionist 100%. You know, have a have a PT who's who's qualified in nutrition just to help you because if you go online like we were saying, you go and you put your your numbers into this calculator, but you don't really understand what we've just been talking about. It's not going to make sense to you. You're going to think, oh, I've gone into starvation mode. Oh no, you know my metabolism is wrecked. When in fact it's just metabolic adaptation and it's yeah. it's what your body naturally does to get you back to your happy place, to your homeostasis. And that you can't just, you know, diet for on 1200 calories for five months and expect you, you know, to lose body fat. It just doesn't work that way. So just to, to understand the basics, what we've talked about is key. And I think everyone should understand these basics. Um, you know, you don't have to go into that much depth, but just... The, the energy balance equation, just understanding that calories in, calories out, how you can yeah. manipulate it. Yeah. And then... I think that's it. And then also what... I was going to say, the science behind right. it can be sometimes confusing. Yeah. But when you cut it straight down to the bone, it is calories in versus calories out. Yeah. If you track your calories in, and you have a good idea of your calories out, you, you won't stray too far from the path. Yeah, and then what... And you also said have a point A and a point B. Don't, don't, you can't diet forever. Like we said, if you, yeah. you it can't, won't work. yeah, it won't work. So have a point A, get to point B, look at the steps you've taken, put up another point C and just step by step until you reach your goal. And then you can, you can now step back again and start. So it's always start, reach a point stop start again reevaluate yeah dieting like we said all this calories in surplus deficit they're just tools to help you to get to to a point yeah we 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 hope we've not confused you too much um and if we have on any particular topic or if you're interested to for us to clarify anything in particular let us know because what we would like to do are short-ish IGT videos over on our podcast page just yeah. to explain any any one sort of point that you want us to go into a little bit more. Yeah, so if you have any questions, you can DM or we'll put up the post for the episode and you can comment there or send a message. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I it's, it's a topic we've already talked for about an hour and a bit. We could easily talk more and, I mean, especially Leon and Andy as bodybuilders, it's so important. It's so important. If you are a bodybuilder, you have to understand this. You have to. 
so this one yeah. it's more yeah because you get guys you also ask questions and you try and make them understand so if you don't understand it yourself there's no way you'll be able to help exactly and as a female bodybuilder i think there's more risk in this because i know female bodybuilders that are on low calories all year from show to show and because of that you know we struggle with when we want to have children later yes so hormone issues so make sure if you're being coached by someone to to compete but they know what we're talking about. Make sure we understand this stuff because we don't have you in a deficit all year, going from show to show. You need to have long off seasons. You need to have periods of maintenance. You need to have periods of gaining you know, and trying to keep to your homeostasis you know, and then be in shorter periods of deficit for a show, not permanently try to be lean for Instagram. Yeah, and also... Uh, which is a problem with many, but I hope this helps. And I know, like you said, with women, most women and some men are scared of, you know, taking their calories up just a little bit because of having, um, how do you say, like under eating for years. And it's it's not good mentally. Like it's um, it's not good mentally to always want to be hungry or to not want to eat and this all comes down to your mental state. So don't be scared to increase your calories. It's, it's just, it's energy. Look at it from an energy standpoint. Yeah, and trying to get to a certain goal. So don't make under eating or overeating also a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that yeah, note, don't be scared. we need to catch up on a lot of food. Yeah. Andy has done his neat already today. It's a hundred million steps on the ranch. Yeah, I've got a bit of training to do, a bit more gardening, checking. I found an injured cat earlier that, that bit me. So, oh. uh, yeah, I've got oh, a bit geez. of bit hand. Yeah, no, stroke digs, it looked a bit messed up, and then it bit me. I was like, oh, great. Tetanus? So check on him. Yikes. Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, so that's a little bit of extra neat there, and I'm going to train. <laughs> but my hand's a bit, a bit tight. Give it all. Like, well, I hope it's okay. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode. Alrighty. Nice.